Good morning. My name is Jerry Schoberg. Today's reading is from the good... Let us listen for the word of God. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs. Jesus said to them, The harvest is plentiful, into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carrying whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, staying in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick who are there, and say to them, the kingdom of God, and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. For Sodom, then for that town. Woe to you, Chorazan. Had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. Sidon, then for you, and you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? No. You will be brought down to Hades. Rejects you, rejects me. Whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Mentioned that uh, Sarah brought her family with her, her mom and her dad, and it's beginning to feel like you know, like we're bringing, you know, you have the boyfriend that you bring home, have to introduce them to get their permission. Uh, let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your. Through these human words, may your living word be heard, O Lord. Amen. You may have noticed lately that whenever Christianity is in the news, you can bet it's not for people are doing wonderful local Christ-like things that don't lend themselves to uh, being shared on Twitter. But the public face of Christianity, local, judgmental, preoccupied with threats and associated with the worst aspects in our culture. So what are churches, the way that it is portrayed, but that there is, that it is a different way? Today's scripture is a perfect text to help us ponder this. Missio meaning literally sending. Jesus has set his face to the city of Jerusalem and he commissions 70 or 72, depends on the Greek manuscripts, disciples to go out into the villages 
significant because 70 or 72 is probably a reference to the number of the world's nation. It's alluding to setting the pattern for his sending of disciples into the whole world. Historically speaking, the Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses that come and you know, interrupt your afternoon tea because they're being sent out two by two. This is one of those, each of these instructions he gives to his disciples one by one. First, Jesus says, first, he says, the harvest is plentiful to his harvest. I mean, it sounds a little bit horror movie-ish to talk about harvesting people. That points in two directions. One is the gathering of Israel, God's people, after their exile in Babylon, away from home. The nations are gathered together in a final peace and prosperity. It's an image of judgment on one hand. The bad crop's going to be rooted out. But on the other hand, and more importantly, mercy, forgiveness, wholeness, restoration, and hope for creation. Jesus is saying that there are tons of people out there, that enough people to get out, we, need to, we don't even have enough people to get out there and gather them up. So go and ask God for more, he says. Sure, fewer and fewer of us are involved in any kind of organized religion, but modernity, the modern world, has done nothing to satiate our need for transcendence. Linger, and we long for it to stop. We long for a better day. We long for salvation. We long for God. Even if we don't know, we long for God. The number of laborers may be diminished. I mean, it's hard enough to get people to sign up for coffee hour, right? Our own goodness or righteousness, because we know how that works out. But confidence that, confidence that the world needs, world needs God as much as we do. Okay, next. Next, in the, to the midst of wolves. Lambs into the midst of wolves. Christian as a threat to ourselves and our faith. We confuse mockery, dismiss, and dismissal for outright persecution. I mean, there are Christians who are truly persecuted or experiencing. On the other hand, though, we don't need to be naive about the culture we live in. We were once the dominant culture, and now we're not. We're no longer favored as an institution. suspicious of the church. All sorts of reasons, some legitimate, some not so legitimate, but Jesus says we can expect a certain amount of what Jesus is up to. Note, though, that this doesn't say, get hostile back, right? Get out the big guns. It does not say that at all. It doesn't say, grab the levers of government. Lambs. Gentle, vulnerable lambs. Elsewhere, Jesus says, do not return evil for evil, but return of the disciple today is lamb-like gentleness, even in the face of hostility. And Now, next here, Jesus reveals his minimalistic tendencies. You know, he pulls a Marie, carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. No money, no personal items, nothing on your feet. I guess we should all just drop all this stuff. The building, serious about following Jesus. And of course, there is something 
to attainment, protect institutions over loving God and neighbor. And especially in the United Church, we love to go all in on the next big future for us, ultimately. He's counseling us to put everything else aside and put our trust, our We've thought of ourselves as the moral policeman for society. We've thought of ourselves as a religion, as the conscience of the community, but now we're seen as judgmental. There are a thousand sources of spirituality out there, and the powers that be could care less and less about what we have to say or something to avoid eye contact with people. But Jesus wrote ahead, discerning what's essential and what's not. And pretty soon he gets into the essentials here of what we're up to. Whatever house you enter, Jesus says, whatever in peace, your peace will rest on that person. If not, it will return to you. That's like the preacher's text there. The laborer deserves to be paid. Like I said, we don't own the culture anymore, so we don't get to set the terms of in the culture now. We no longer set the menu for the rest of society. Jesus says that we're to eat and drink what they provide, which is God might be working in their lives, what their struggles, their pains, their worries are, rather than simply barge, which is incredibly hard to do in the age of social media, really. Sound bites, headlines, cranky Facebook comments. Everybody wants to win and be right and demonize, but this gets back to that whole gentleness Jesus tells us that we are proclaimed God's peace, God's shalom, God's healing. In a polarized and divisive culture, Jesus said, Herbers. In an age of resentment, we are to be agents of grace, acting in ways that bring peace and understanding rather than contributing to further division. It doesn't mean that we give up on our convictions. Which brings us to some to a word that some in the United Church call the dreaded E word, the word that is, you know, sharing the good news. I mean, just this last week I was talking up the shoe repair guy on Cliff Avenue to anybody who would listen, repair place or a great restaurant with anybody who will listen. It seems strange that we wouldn't share something beautiful, something true, something that has changed our lives But notice what evangelism looks like here. Whenever you enter a town, Jesus says, and its people welcome you. Now, when we think of evangelism, we think of being pushy, like sitting next to somebody on the plane and I got to get it out before they get off the plane. Still occurs around a table conversation. And there's healing going on around this table. This suggests coercion, that we don't just see people as potential converts, but children made in the image of God. Already, you know, you always end up talking about the most important stuff in our lives. That's when we have the opportunity to, in the words of 1 Peter 3, give an account of the hope that is within us. The kingdom of God is near. Now, what do we say, though, when people don't receive us or our message? Because you know they won't. There are occasions where they won't, and no matter how nice. Well, here's this kind of awkward, less seeker-sensitive part of Jesus' instructions. But whenever you enter a town and they don't welcome you, Jesus says, if 
they don't welcome you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town, that this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, on that day, it will be more tolerable for Sodom than that town. If you'll know the Bible, if you know the Bible as we understand it today, but for gang rape and injustice towards widows and orphans. But that's another sermon. We can have another sermon another day. It's peace out of love for the world, even to our enemies and the enemies of God. Seems like something of a contradiction. And I mean, I, the truth that God will be all in all, as Paul says, that God's aim is the salvation of all, so we are looking at hopes, of course, but we can't say such things with certainty. So, again, another sermon, another day, we'll leave the question aside of who saved in the end for yet another. Scholar points out, though, that this passage is actually hopeful news. It's hopeful news because it says that the kingdoms of the world, the powers that hold humanity in bondage, and in their place will be a heavenly city where swords are beaten into plowshares, where the lion lies down with the lamb, where every tear will be wiped away, death will... The kingdom is at hand. And the best part of the God, we're to proclaim the kingdom has come near, even if that kingdom has been rejected. Because in the end, the God of sovereign love cannot be stopped. Even if we fail, God won't fail. Jesus is Lord, and this changes everything. It is Which, my brothers and sisters, my friends in Christ, is at the heart of everything we do and everything we stand for. We may have a PR problem in the church, but a world that longs for peace, longs for reconciliation, healing, justice and mercy, redemption to a world that longs for meaning and purpose, a life worth living joy, even in the hardest of times, to a world broken by war, hung to which we have been sent. This is the world image, but to follow in the footsteps of the risen Lord, who is making, remade, proclaiming the nearness of God's kingdom, even when the world can't believe. This is our mission's new, and this is the beautiful truth we've given to share. Gracious and loving God, you so love the world that you sent Christ, not to condemn the world, but that it would be saved through. You send us by your Holy Spirit. That you send us as laborers into the harvest of creating about your healing and to proclaim the good news of Christ crucified and risen. That same Spirit, give us strength and give us courage to be your people, to allow all the walls that and that we may be stewards of your beautiful future we pray all these things in jesus name amen